Quiz. Really sounds like he's from the Beatles. 50 Randy Quaid Shove you up that wildcat's ass 50 Randy Quaid He's just that fucking good We watch movies so you don't have to Welcome to 50 Randy Quaid's A movie review podcast I am your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies I am the Fresh Prince of Conair And the Prime Millennial I am your boy, Chucky B. And with me, my esteemed co-host as always, John Spade. And this is episode 151, Tombstone. You have any questions or comments? You can go to 50randyquades.com and let us know what the fuck is up. So there's quite a bit of uh, taglines for this feature film. I believe one of them has even been, like, your nickname in a previous episode, Mr. Spade. Possibly. Which one would you suggest would be? I'm your Huckleberry. Oh, you know that's right. And then we also have Justice is Coming. And every town has a story. Tombstone has a legend. And with that, we will introduce you to the trailer for the feature film, Tombstone. And we are back in the Old West once again. And if you are new to the show, thank you and welcome. But we are going to talk about everything. Or at least we mean to. But we are extraordinarily humble hosts. And that means for us, we're going to give you a warning in case for some reason you haven't seen the 1993 feature film Tombstone. But in about three seconds, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Or at the very least, after that, spoilers abound. In three, two, one. So we got Wyatt Earp and his family move to Tombstone. His brother, or his two brothers and their wives, trying to make a living out in Tombstone. They take uh, they pretty much take over a gambling bar. I guess the you Oriental call it a saloon. Yeah, I the Oriental. They get in some shit with the cowboys who are like a Western gang, which I think is fictionalized in this movie. Wyatt Earp wants to stay out of law enforcement, but his two brothers end up not enjoying that there's no law in this town. So they sign up. They start pushing shit with the cowboys, not letting them have guns in town. There's some shootouts. They get shot by the cow, or fuck, Virgil. Yeah, Virgil's the first one that gets shot. And then Morgan gets killed one night. And then Doc Holliday is also in this movie, who was friends with Wyatt Earp. And then after Morgan dies, Wyatt Earp's out for blood. They go on revenge to kill the rest of the cowboys. And they end up killing them all. Doc Holliday dies because he has tuberculosis. And Wyatt Earp lives happily ever, ever after with the actress lady. Yeah, that's about it. So this movie is a documentary, right? No. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a biography, though, on Wyatt Earp. And it's a drama history film for all you drama history buffs. Is that a thing? A drama history buff? Probably. Well, if it isn't, it is now. This movie was rated R pretty much strictly for violence, as far as I could find. There's really not too much else in it. I think someone says fuck once. And there's really not even a ton of blood 
in this movie. Like, I think there's more blood from Val Kilmer just kind of spitting it up from being, like, sick the entire movie. There's some sexual suggestions. Oh, yeah, like, in the very beginning of the movie, they, like, pretty much insinuate they're going to rape the one dude's wife. Yeah, I was wondering if that's what was going on. But this movie was released on Christmas Day in 1993, debuting as the number three movie at $6.4 million with its uh, estimated budget at about $25 million. So this movie didn't even like crack its initial budget right on its opening weekend. I mean, not money movies do, right? I mean, like the huge ones do. But this movie has since gone on to make a pretty decent amount of money worldwide, uh, at least domestically, because the worldwide numbers are, the foreign numbers aren't really there. So like domestically, $56.5 million, doubling, a little more than doubling its uh, initial budget for this movie so it, it made money i think it's more of like kind of a cult classic though i don't know if to say that but i think maybe it's just like we have fond memories of it yeah maybe in my mind it's just more popular than it was but the top five for that weekend in uh late 93 was uh the pelican brief at number one for 11.1 million dollars in its second week i think that was a lawyer movie isn't it I think so. And number two was Mrs. Doubtfire. Holy shit, Mrs. Doubtfire. $9.3 million in its fifth week. Just killing it at the box office. Then we skip to number four, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. In its third week, $5.2 million. Beethoven's second for $4.2 million. And so, like, that's its second week. So this is the only new release in the top five for that week so that's pretty big for tombstone and uh, like we already said it made money so that's pretty good for the directing team of george p casamatos and kevin jar who was apparently used just for the charleston heston scenes that's weird yeah apparently charleston heston wasn't having anything to do with george p Cosmatos bullshit. I don't even know if I'm... I'm probably butchering the fuck out of that name. I don't know. Cosmatos? I don't know. That's what I'm rolling with. Well, Kevin Jar also wrote this movie. So I wonder if he's just like tight with Charleston Heston. I don't know. I didn't really yeah, do I don't much. Know. I don't know the relationship. But then we get into the star actors for the movie. Tombstone! We have Kurt Russell playing Wider, the legend. Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. Who I think did... A pretty fantastic job as uh, Doc Holliday. At least, like, I believed that he was dying the entire movie. He just kept on getting, like, progressively sweatier. And, like, the second half of the movie, he's pretty much just like, I have to lay in this bed because I'm frail. But I'll get up and kill people if you need me to. Then we have uh, Sam Elliott playing Virgil Earp. Dude, Virgil is top-notch. Loved him. Fucking Sam Elliott. Yeah, Sam Elliott's great. And Bill Paxton as Morgan Earp. Bill Paxton. Woo woo. Twister. We got Powers Booth playing Curly Bill Brocious? Maybe. I'm going with it. Bill Brocious. Michael Bean or Michael Behan as Johnny Ringo. It really sounds like he's from the Beatles. We got uh, Charleston Heston playing Henry Hooker. He was in the movie for maybe a good old, uh, what, two minutes? Same as Jason Priestley as Billy Breckenridge. Fucking, I only know him from 90210, I think. Yeah, I, I put him in there because I, I recognize the name. You know how, how this happens with some of the, the names on this list. It's usually like, ah, I recognize that guy from somewhere. We got Stephen Lang, who played Ike Clayton. Pretty mainstay part in this movie. I'm not 100% sure what he's gone on to do 
in film and TV after this, but I know like I've seen him as kind of like in some like not top notch shows that like I enjoyed. But I'm all like, yeah, this isn't a great show. He's in The Walking Dead, wasn't he? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Didn't he play Merle? No, that was uh, Hooker. Oh. Or Rooker. Rooker. Sorry. Michael Rooker, not Hooker. Oh, you did the other guy. All right. But yeah, yeah. Then we get to our last guy, Michael Rooker, who was uh, Sherman McMasters, who started off as a cowboy and then switch sides once he's all like, I heard what they do to your womans. I'm on your side now. Water and why it's all like, all right, cool. We need some people. So, uh, all three of you guys thrown down away from the Cowboys. Cool. You guys are on my team. You guys are now sheriffs, and we're going to kill them all. They showed that, like, in the beginning that he wasn't really down with what they were doing anymore. Yeah. Well, like, initially, even still, like, when they went to that wedding, he just, he, he seemed like he wasn't, like, having a good old fun time, like, killing these people as they're coming out of a chapel. And Ringo shot that fucking, uh, priest. Who was like oh, reciting yeah. from the Bible, and he's all like, "There'd be a white rider on a white horse, and his name is Death. I mean, Wider. He's coming for us all." Billy Bob Thornton was also in this movie. Who I never put that together. Oh yeah, either did I. I mean, I I had said while we were watching this movie, I had seen this movie about twice when I was younger, and I didn't remember anything about it. I knew it was like a cowboy like shoot 'em up movie, but as about it, I was like, "Yeah, it's like a western, right?" But like as my third time watching it, this was like. A first time viewing and it was fantastic. And I just want to also add Dana Delaney is Josephine Marcus or as we refer to her throughout the entirety of this episode as the actress lady. But I think that brings us to our world famous IMDb breakdown. A successful lawman's plans to retire anonymously in Tombstone, Arizona is disrupted by a kind of outlaws he was famous for eliminating. But then he goes on to say... That he only killed one person? Yeah, and he'd only been in one gunfight, like, the entire time he was in Kansas. So, did he become famous more from Tombstone than in Kansas? But, like, he just kind of, like... Like, he built up his name on, like, the... I think it was famous because they show when he pulls out his old gun that it said Dodge City. I think it's Dodge City. I think that's where it became famous. All right. But so I, don't, I don't don't know the real story behind it. I wonder if he's like, if like Dodge City was like the independence, right? And he's like making his name on the independence. And then he gets signed to like the big leagues, right? And he like signs with a real wrestling company and he goes there and it's in Tombstone. They probably just arrested some pretty big criminals back then. Yeah, I guess that's probably true too. I mean, like, it's just crazy to consider, like, he's like, yeah, I'd only been in one gun battle and only killed one guy when in Tombstone, it looks like they're, at least in the beginning of this movie, they're setting up for it just being, like, lawlessness and bloodshed all the time, even though there are, like, sheriffs and mayors and fucking police everywhere in this town. They're just kind of, yeah, you know, the cowboys, they really run the town. We're we're just kind of, you know... In name only, it's a title. <laughs> we don't need jobs, you know? Probably no oversight. You just pop up a town and be like, hey, I'm the sheriff. Yeah, that's true, too. Well, it's like even at one point later in the movie, the mayor, or not even the mayor, like the sheriff, like the county sheriff, he's all like, oh, yeah, I, I, dis, I disarm these guys. You don't have to go in there and try to start a gun battle. And then he goes and turns around the corner, and they're all clearly carrying weapons. And it's like, all right, well... That guy just lied, and he's our supposed boss? And they end up getting to a gun battle with all these guys and killing them, right? And then the sheriff comes out, and he's like, well, you guys are all arrested. And then White Herb's like, nah, 
I don't think you're going to arrest us today. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, like nothing matters. There is no laws in the West. The Wild West. That's what I gathered from this movie is anything goes all the time. But only like 5% of the population live like that is what it seemed. I have no I idea. Know, it was the Wild West. I don't think it was that developed yet. So at the beginning of this movie, like we alluded to earlier, there's like the Cowboys. I feel like this was just to set up the Cowboys, like showing, hey, these guys are our main villains for the movie. They're going to just come up and kill a whole bunch of people in a wedding party for killing two of their guys. And they're like, nope, yeah, we're going to kill all you guys and then rape your, your wife and then eat all of your fucking wedding dinners. Yeah, that was funny. Like I, I did. I did like that part. I was like, well, we're not going to let this food go to waste. Then we, like, flash forward to, like, showing us, like, Doc Holliday, and he's all like, oh, yeah, like, I'm a sweet gambling man. And then I looked it up, and they're like, like oh, yeah, like, his main job was he was an American gambler. And I was like, what? And they're like, oh, yeah, and also he's a dentist. And I was like, oh, wait, like, that's why they called him Doc. So like, his real name is, like, John Henry. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And, like, this motherfucker is just like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually a dentist. So, like, they're like, I am a doctor. So you can call me doc. Made it look like he was cheating all the time. Definitely. And his wife would always be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, like just, like, bringing, like, bringing all the chips into the bag. And I'm like, those chips are, like, they mean nothing once you walk out of this place. It's just easier to shovel it all in than to pick it out. I guess so. But, like, if you could cash the chips in and extra oh, I mean, money. They basically did when they take all that money off of the oh. table when they're walking out. <laughs> he just picks up, like, four stacks of cash. He's like, all right, we'll take this, too. Stick it in the bag. And then they go outside of the, 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 like, saloon or casino or whatever this place is. Because it seems like they are just everywhere in this town. He he just starts, like, making out with his wife. And then, like, I'm like, well, is this really that smart? Like, maybe you should get away before you start making out. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know. But also, he just progressively, through this movie, looks worse and worse and worse. And I loved it because I was just like, oh, man, he's really, like, he is acting the shit out of this movie. Because he's just like, I believe for every second of this movie that he is dying. I'm like, is Val Kilmer really going to die in the filming of this movie? Nope. He's just that fucking good. Just before he was in Batman? Yeah, well, because this was 93. Uh, and which Batman was he in? The one after Returns. Is that Batman Forever? Uh, I think so. Val Kilmer, Batman. 95. So, yeah, this was. So, Batman Forever came out a couple of years after this. And I'm like, I'm wondering if this role is what got him the Batman role, because it's very possible. Like, there had been another shit too, though. I think uh, Top Gun was long before this. Yeah, well, Top Gun came out in what, like ninety one, eighties, I think. Eighty six. Wow, I didn't realize that came out in eighty six. So yeah, Top Gun came out what seven years before this movie. So Val Kilmer just building his, and I'm sure he was in plenty of things prior to that too, or not prior to Top Gun, but like. In between Top Gun and Tombstone coming out. And then after Tombstone and before maybe uh, Batman Forever. But yeah, Batman Forever was terrible. <laughs> uh, I also love how like every person who has like a title knows who Wyatt Earp is and like recognizes him. Like, I mean, and like obviously Doc Holliday would know him because they're like friends. But 
I just thought it was funny that like everybody knew him. But like all like the nobodies or like the bartenders and shit, like they don't know who he is, right? So like, I mean, like they know who he, like they know the name is, like because when he goes into the bar and he's all like, oh, he's like, hey stranger, what do you want? And he's like, oh, I'll take a cigar. And he's like, oh, what's your name? He's like, oh, White Herb. And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, whatever, guy. I know you're not fucking White Herb, fucking liar. And then he kicks out Billy Bob and he's like, hey, he's like slapping around Billy Bob. And it's funny because like the way they made it seem was like Billy Bob was like, nope, this is my bar. This is my saloon. This is my gambling hole. Like no one fucks with it. This is my shit. Like, and Wyatt Herb just comes in there and fucking like ah, smacks him around a little bit. And he's like a little bitch. And he fucking runs out. And then like when he comes over to meet fucking Doc Holliday with like the three Wyatt brothers are like walking over and they're talking to Doc Holliday and fucking Billy Bob's running up with a shotgun. And even Val Kilmer's all like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Put the shot like like you can fucking leave now. Like go away. And he's like, wait, you're, you're Wyatt Herb. He's like, yeah, why don't you leave the shotgun for me? I need a new shotgun. And he thanks him as he walks away. He's like, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. But uh, another another scene, a couple, like, a little bit later in the movie, they're all at this, like, uh, this is after, like, they've kind of settled down in Tombstone. Like, I don't understand how you can do this. But, like, Wyatt Herb, like, basically just like, ah, oh, so I got rid of Billy Bob. How about 25% of your, like, total take? I'll turn this place into a fucking ruckus. And apparently he gets that. And then like a couple of scenes later, just shows him with like a bunch of deeds to shit. And I'm just like, well, how do you just like become owners of all these things? Like in one fucking night. I cleared that guy's problem out. Why? Why the bar wasn't making any money. Yeah. Because you had Billy Bob over there starting shit all the time. Well, after it's like, this. It's like I'm playing cards with my brother's kids or something. <laughs> Yeah, because he's all like, like, get that cigarette out of my face. Get that cigar out of my face. He's like, what, your brother's kids just smoke cigars? He's like, I'll shove you up that wildcat's ass. There's a bunch of funny shit in this movie. Like, uh, when they're at this, like, theater, I guess. And this is when we get introduced to the actress lady and the dude from Titanic. I think he's in Titanic. I'm just going to swear by that he's in Titanic. Also, you know what? Was that fucking Billy Zane? Oh, yeah, I was going to bring oh that up. Oh, my God! Because his name was in the credits, and I think it was the kid that said, uh, I'm not your son, or what the hell, you can take sorry and shove it up your ass. Oh, God. So, yeah, Billy Zane is in this. Oh, yeah, because that's where I'm all like, oh, shit, maybe even Back to the Future. And, yeah, Billy Zane isn't Back to the Future, by the way. Fucking, they're all at this, like, theater, right? And they're just shooting guns into the air at a theater. There isn't an, uh, yeah, even a part before that where Wyatt Earp's wife, like, I don't know if she, like, broke while they were filming or if she was actually supposed to laugh, but one of the cowboys down there says something, and it shoots to her real quick, and she starts laughing, and then she covers her face with the fucking, those fan things that they have. So I don't know if she broke on screen and they just went with it or if she was supposed to do that. That's funny. But yeah, I'm just like, I'm like, you guys are just shooting into the sky at a building. They were shooting the ceiling. I don't think there was... Well, yeah, shooting, shooting the ceiling. They were shooting at the people, like the performers oh, at yeah. one point, too. And I'm just like, this is fucking insane. And like, they've got a cop sitting with with Curly Bill. He's like, here's my friend. The other thing is Curly Bill looks Hispanic to me. And in the very beginning of the movie, he didn't speak Spanish. No, not at all. Yeah, I think it was just his mustache. Tan and the mustache. Yeah, I think it's just the tan and the mustache. And it looks like he has also played in at least a couple of different other... Uh, yeah, because he played a saloon owner on Deadwood. 
We also played Jim Jones in a in Guyana Tragedy, the Jim Jones, uh, the story of Jim Jones in 1980. So that's pretty crazy. That one Mexican dude's mustache was killing me though. Oh, the it was one just, that was—it like, was just the ends. Yeah, it was like just lines, like on the sides of his mouth. I'm just like, what is that facial hair? Like, at that point, you should just shave it off because it's mustache awful. Man. But yeah, that's where. Like, and then there's like not really standoffs between the cowboys and the the herps. Like leading up to there, there kind of is. There's like small conflicts between the cowboy gang and the herp family because like they're all known for kind of being like lawmen, I think. But they were like all kind of been like, no, nah, we're just here to get rich. Like, I'm like don't mind us. We're just here to make money. We know this is a mining town and we can make a lot of money. That's all we fucking care about. We don't want to be cops yet. The like the mayor is like keeps fucking hounding them. Be like, hey, why don't you not a chance on your life? Like, you know, and it's just like that's hilarious. It really changes at one point, maybe about halfway through the movie when Curly Bill, who I believe was in an opium den, like stumbles out and he's all fucked up. Right. And he's like, man, I feel great. And then he starts pulling out his pistols and he's just shooting everything like all over the place. And that's when like they're, it shoots to like the Oriental, right? And all those guys like the Earp or the Wyatts, the Wyatt Earp and his like brothers and Doc Holliday, I think is in there and the mayor and I think even the county sheriff and the sheriff, like everybody is just there just kind of like hanging out, playing cards and like eating and drinking and shit. And the one guy's like, yeah, someone should probably do something about that. And the county sheriff's like, nah, it's all good. And then, like, the sheriff's like, nah, I think I really should kind of go out there and stop this. Yeah, why? It was like, maybe you just let it play out. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, because he's all like, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to do anything. I just want to make my money. And the sheriff goes out and he's like, all right, Curly, you know, hand the guns over. Get them back tomorrow. We got to be making it safe now. I can't just be shooting off, getting all fucked up. Like, no one called you a liar or something, so can't kill nobody. Fucking Curly's like, yeah, no problem, man. And he goes to hand his guns over, and he's like, bam, and he kills the fucking sheriff. And I think there were a ton of witnesses. Yet somehow he gets off Scott clean, like, in the next scene, why it's all like, yeah, like, I wasn't there when he killed him. I stepped out and handled the situation, like, you know, like, got him down, and I talked down, like, 15 other cowboys, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't need to kill anybody right now. I'm trying to stay clean. I'm trying to stay away from this shit. And the judge is like, well, no witness. Gotta let him go. Like, really? Like, it's quite obvious he murdered the fucking sheriff. But, yeah, so it's just like, there, like, once again, there are no fucking rules in this, like, time. Yet, there are a ton of lawmen. No rules. So this is where, like, pretty much the fight against the Cowboys, like, officially takes place. At the OK Corral? Oh, is that what that was right there? Yeah. All right. Oh, no, was that the next day when, like, they go down? Or not the next day, but, like, the next kind of scene where it shows the Earps, like, going and, like, fighting those guys. They become lawmen, and then I I think it's the shootout at the OK Corral. Okay, yeah, because, like... They didn't really, like, as much as that was a big scene, it wasn't, like, explicitly, I didn't even know it was the shootout to the OK Corral until, like, later in the movie where it shows them, like, bringing Bill Paxton's dead body. 
and like you see the sign where it says okay corral and i was like oh yeah okay corral i remember that that's like a big historical thing yeah i don't think it went down like that but oh it didn't have like clayton sticking his hands up being like i don't don't shoot me i'm gonna run into this house and hide behind the mayor it's been a long time since i read on that kind of stuff i think they did go there just because these guys wouldn't give up their guns but i don't remember I mean, it's pretty crazy, too, because why, like, why it's like, you really want to start some shit with these fucking guys over a fucking misdemeanor? He's like, a month ago, this was legal. And now we're just telling them they can't do it because we don't want to deal with the potential issues of it. But realistically, we're kind of starting the bullshit with these guys. But at the same time, these guys are kind of like coming in and doing whatever the fuck they want. They got to be like, nah, man, got to follow the rules, bro. So I like how they portray the friendship between Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. Because even they're going down to do, do this, and Wyatt Earp's like telling Doc Holliday, he's like, what are you doing in this, Doc? And he's like, that is a hell of a thing for you to say to me. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, what? He's like, no, I'm your boy, bro. Like, I'm fucking coming, man. Even though I think, like, at this point, the doctor has already, like, kind of told Doc Holliday, he's like, it's like, yeah, two days, two yeah, years. Yeah, that's when he was limping, yeah, because he had the cane. He's like, you could die at a moment's notice. And he's like, well... Guess I gotta live my fucking life then, huh? Well, how do you get tuberculosis? Because he's having sex with this one woman, and then he's out around all of these people. I have no idea. Because I can just think of, in Red Dead Redemption 2, you get tuberculosis from that one dude coughing on you. Yeah. Uh, not sure how easy it is to get tuberculosis from somebody else. Well, especially, like, what, in the late 1800s, like... I don't really know what there is for medicine. Like, I know Kurt Russell keeps telling his wife, Maddie, he's like, it's like, well, whatever you're drinking there, like, can't be too good for you. Maybe you should go see a doctor. She's like, I don't need no fucking doctor. It's just headaches, bitch. Like, let me drink this fucking shit and get fucked up. Do we not put any women on the cast? Because I don't know if I know her just from this or if. And she looks familiar to me just because of that or if she's been in other shit. I feel like she looks familiar. I personally don't feel like the women were really like elevated in this movie, except for the maybe the one actress who played like the actress in the movie, like the the brown haired lady. I, I think even the movie itself, I felt like was kind of like throwing in a bunch of the romance stuff as like an a la carte type thing where it's like, ah, it's just kind of there. They got to give Wyatt Earp a happy ending. Well, especially considering, like, he lived a full fucking life. He lived to be in his 80s, like, I think 81, and he died in, like, what, 1920-something? I'm yeah, like, I think that if the movie was right, they said 1929, I think. Well, I, I did was, like, looking up some shit on Wikipedia during, like, the what I considered the slow parts of the movie. It was, like, it fucking blew my mind. Doc Holliday died at 36 years old. He's like, oh, yeah, I live, like, basically another 50 years after that Doc Hall, or fucking uh, Wyatt Herb does. I was just like, that's crazy. Especially in this time where it's all, like, cocaine is medicine. Like, like what the fuck? And so there was, like, that one thunderstorm at one point in the movie. Because, like, dude, the sheriff or the county sheriff was totally with the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Like, even from the very beginning, like, when they get to Tombstone, he's all like, Oh, yeah, no one really does anything about the Cowboys because, like, they're good for business. They spend a lot of fucking money here. But they also kind of do whatever the fuck they want. So since they bring a lot of business, we just don't really give a shit. And that's the same guy who at the OK Corral was like, oh, I disarmed him. Don't worry about it. And then the same guy at the fucking the thunderstorm, he goes to tell his wife, who was that actress, that she, uh, like, after tonight, 
there's only going to be like one man in charge and she's going to be better off knowing him than Wyatt Earp because he's all like, I seen the way you looking at Wyatt Earp. I know you want to touch his dick. And she's like, hey, I ain't done nothing yet. Like, we just went on a ride, like horse ride and then sat on a blanket. But that's when Virgil gets shot in the arm and like there's basically his arm is like unusable from that point yeah. out in the movie. And mostly he's out of the movie at that point. And I think that's also the same night that Bill Paxton gets shot. Yeah, Morgan gets killed. While he's playing pool, they shoot him in the back. Yeah, and so, like, they're trying to get the bullet out, and he's all like, yeah, he's like... Because earlier in the movie, he's talking about spiritualism and, like, what happens after you die and whether or not Wyatt believes in God and heaven and... That you see a light when you die. And, yeah, and Bill Paxton's like, man, it's fucking bullshit. He's like, I ain't seen nothing. And uh, that's when fucking Wyatt kind of like the switch gets flipped. And like Bill Paxton, the whole movie keeps saying like, you're the one, Wyatt. Like, you're the one, what? You're the one. You're the one, Wyatt. And he says it like three or four times. And yeah, so like he flips the switch, goes outside. He's fucking screaming, wiping blood all over himself. And then we have just a class. That's also like the scene like right before Bill Paxton gets shot. When Michael Rooker and his two cowboy goons roll up on Wyatt and he's all like, heard what they did to your ladies shooting into their house. Like, that's just against our conduct. We're with you. And they throw down their fucking cowboy red sashes and Wyatt's all like, well, I could use the help. It's going to be good, fellas. And then that's when he hears about Bill Paxton getting killed. He rushes over there, deals with that. And he's like, all right, we're going to fucking kill them all. And then we get this sweet fucking montage of lawmen versus uh, cowboys where it's just Wyatt and his guys going and killing a whole shitload of cowboys. It seems, though, every time they kill one cowboy, two more cowboys like appear. Well, even before that, they they send off Virgil and the women on the train. Yeah. And fucking Ike and some of the other cowboys show up. And that's where fucking as a kid, I fucking love this scene. It's so good. When uh, he shoots the one cowboy and then he walks over to Ike and he fucking cuts his face with his spur oh, yeah. and then he gets all biblical with him. He's like, you go tell him I'm coming. Yeah, it was pretty fucking great. And like the whole movie, they're kind of setting up for uh, like how the cowboys are going to be after Curly Bill. Yeah, once Johnny Ringo takes over. Yeah, and because like at one point, even Curly Bill's like, God damn, Johnny Ringo, you're crazy. Like, yeah. it's going to be nuts when you take over this outfit. And it happens, like, kind of transitioning out of this montage. We get Wyatt and his, like, lawman guys shooting, like, guerrilla warfare style at, like, this creek. And then he's like, fuck it. And he just, like, gets up and storms out into the creek. And that one, Crazy Bill's just like, this guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> so Curly's like, goes out there and he's fucking blasting. And he fucking runs out uh, ammo in his pistol. And he goes and throws it. And Wyatt's just like... Boom! Shoots him in the fucking gut with, like, a shotgun. I'm just like, that is fucking crazy. Curly Bill goes flying. He's fucking bleeding out. Then, like, all the lawmen are like, yeah! They stepping out, and they start shooting motherfuckers. And Wyatt's all like, yeah! And he's shooting guys with his pistol. And he's just nailing all of them. And I'm just like, this is insanity. They're sitting there, and then uh, after the shootout, and then, what the hell is their name? The two other guys are with, I fucking forget their name. They're like, where's Wyatt? And Doc Holliday's like, down by the creek, walking on water. Oh, I think those were just the cowboys, that the, the converted cowboys. Yeah, I forget their names, though. 
Well, I think they're only said like one time. Said a couple. Yeah, maybe a handful like of times. Creek Johnson and Texas. Somebody. Yeah, it was like Texas Dirty Pete and Creek Carl or something. Creek Johnson. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that one. And then they asked Doc Holliday, they're like, why the hell are you out here? He's like, because Wyatt Earp's my friend. I'm like, well, hell, I got lots of friends. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Doc Holliday's like, no, he's like my only friend. It's like him and my wife. Those are the only people I like. It's like, I, yeah, I like Virgil too, but it's really Wyatt. He's like, yeah, just like his brother said, he's the one. He's the chosen one. And he called that woman the Antichrist earlier <laughs> when the doctor was telling him he needs to take it easy. And she's all like, yeah, she's all like, I don't believe it for a second. She's always <laughs> trying to get him drunk. <laughs> like, she's like climbing on top of him, like giving him, like oh feeding God. cigarettes while she's like going to give him a blowjob. And, and that's when he's all like, well, you're the best, but you also might be the Antichrist. And I was just like, this is great. He's just dying. And he's like, Fuck it, I'm dying. Give me a cigarette and a BJ. I wonder if some of this shit is what people actually said. Like, I'm your Huckleberry. Where the fuck does that come from? No idea. I mean, like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, did someone just, like, document it? They're just like... Or if they were just writing the script and they're like, that sounds kind of cool. I'll put that in there. I'm just going to say that he is super eccentric. Just like you were saying. He's like, yeah, I don't know if he was necessarily like that. So after that, we have... That's when, like, they're, they're, like, the four lawmen or five lawmen, they're all, like, on this prairie, I guess, and they, like, Michael Rooker, like, he pulls out his, like, little binocular thing, and he's like, there's about 30 of them, like, you know, we're and they're wearing badges. I think right before that, though, is when they showed where Jason Priestley ran off, like, the wagon comes with the actress and her actor buddy got killed. And Jason Priestley, like, had a thing for that guy. And after this, he was like, no, I'm done. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. There's got to be some law in this town. And that's when, like, the... Because it's just, like, showing the the county sheriff again just being, like... Re- like, And she's all like, it was your friends that killed him. And he's just like, oh, shit. And so, yeah, then she just gets the fuck out of there. So it's basically, like, everybody's just getting the fuck out of here. Because they're like, there is just a war happening. And then that's when Val Kilmer, he's all like, oh, shit. And he falls off his fucking horse. He's like dying again, like just consistently getting worse throughout this entire movie. And then they have to go to Charleston Heston's farm. And Charleston Heston's like, yeah, he could stay here. I'm old. I'm Charleston Heston. How's it going? We'll we'll take care of him. Looks like he's going to die, though. And like uh, at some point while they're there. Like another like cowboy strolls up dragging a body behind and it ends up being Michael Rooker. And he's like, he's like, you, Wyatt and fucking Ringo down in the canyon, seven o'clock. Like, we're going to end this once and for good. And then it shows Ringo and Ringo is all like, all right, once I kill fucking Wyatt, you guys kill all the rest and we'll fucking celebrate. And it goes back to Wyatt and he's like, all right, I'm going, I'm going to kill him. And he sees him talking to like Val Kilmer and he's like, you know, I didn't even have a chance to think about it with Curly. I don't know whether or not I could beat him. I just did it. He's like, but I have a lot of time now to think about this. I I don't think there's really a chance I can beat Ringo, is there? And Val Kilmer's like, no, no, you're dead. You're done. You're done, son. Wyatt's like, well, I got to go try. And he gets there. Or at least we think he gets there, right? But out steps fucking Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday, and he's all like, yeah, let's blast. He's like, I'm playing for blood. And Ringo's like, no, it's never you, man. It's Wyatt that I'm after. And fucking Doc Holliday's, well, like, you called it, bro. I'm playing for blood. You're playing for blood. Let's stand a foot away from each other and blast each other. What the fuck? 
funny because when I was a kid, I watched this movie so many fucking times, I could quote the whole fucking movie watching it. And when it got to this part, I like, in my head, I knew everything they were saying. Oh, yeah. It just was like throwing me off that they're like, because you even mentioned it when watching it. You're like, they are standing three feet away from each other. And I'm like, yeah, they could literally, it's like, it's like us sitting here doing the podcast, yet they have guns out pointed at each other. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. You don't need to be that close to someone in order to shoot them with a fucking pistol. But yet, before in the movie, they're like taking these like crazy shots with shotguns. And I'm like, I don't think you're hitting a guy that far away with a shotgun. I don't know. I'm not a gun enthusiast, but I just don't know. I, I don't think that would happen, but beats me. Some of them were rifles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At a creek, they were rifles. Some of them were, but, like, some of them had shotguns there, too. Like, the double barrels, and I'm like, is that really going to, like, go that far? Don't know. I don't know anything about guns. I mean, I know a little, but. Well, then he kills Johnny Ringo, and then right after that, Wyatt Wyatt Earp pops up. How did he beat him there? Yeah, I don't know. You, like, take a car? Yeah, I got this newfangled invention called a vehicle. Do we have to ride a horse? He might have gone straight for Johnny Ringo while they were back there bullshitting with the other two. Yeah, it's possible too, though. He might have just crawled out of bed while everybody else was like chit chatting and drinking. Because it seems like everybody is just constantly drinking in this movie too. Like maybe that's why like the majority of them all died young because they're super dehydrated all the time. So after they kill Ringo, there's just what like a bunch of more shootings. I think it's just another montage of them killing the rest of the cowboys. And then it pretty much just ends. Well, then they were on Ike's ass, and he fucking, they were about, Wyatt Upper was about to shoot him, and then he rips off his sash and lets it go, so they let him go because he's not a cowboy anymore. Which, really, I did not like. I'm like, oh, so you're telling me that they could just take off their sash and they're not cowboy anymore? You can't just put the sash back on? Like, get the fuck out of here. Honorable man, Wyatt Earp. And then Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday shake hands while they're riding the horses. That was pretty funny. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're like, oh, we beat him. He dropped his sash. He gave up. And yeah, and then it just cuts to in a sanitarium. Sanatorium. Sanatorium. And I don't know if that's the same thing or not. And he's just like, yeah, like Wyatt Earp's just going to visit Doc Holliday. And Doc's just like, all right, man, can I just die? Like, you got to stop fucking coming here every day, hanging out with me. Just let me fucking die. And I always love like, this line, too, because he was like, Asking Wyatt what he wanted. They were asking each other what they wanted. And Wyatt was like, I just wanted a normal life. And Doc Holliday says, there is no normal life. There's just life. It's pretty true. I guess people who live extraordinary lives might pine for something more ordinary. But it's all relative, right? And then he tells Wyatt Earp, he's like, you go find that fucking actress and have yourself some fun. And he's like, now get out of here. And then after he walks away, like, he dies. Yeah, he dies, like, seconds after like, Wyatt Earp d- leaves. Wyatt Earp gave him, like, this book. And he looks at it and says, like, my friend Doc Holliday. And then I don't get, he says, like, he laughs. He's like, isn't that funny? And he's, I don't get if he was looking at his feet because his feet were outside of the blanket. And it looked like his one foot was bigger than the other. But I don't know if that was just the way he had his feet or what he was saying was funny yeah i didn't really understand what he's saying was funny either because it looked like his feet were like black like maybe it was like is that like a symptom of tuberculosis i don't think so they get fucked up feet i think it's coughing well he was coughing the entire movie but it looked like his one foot was bigger than the other yeah i didn't really pay attention to that i saw more of like it looked like he had black marks on his feet but that could have just been the shade too like no idea what that whole end part there meant then then what like pretty much 
shows wider showing up in Colorado, I believe. Or no, the, the sanatorium or sanitarium, one of the two. Whatever one was the right one. That's sanatorium. The one I said. Yeah, 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 I said that one. So, so that was, I believe, in Colorado. Was that also where he sees the actress lady and he's all like, hey. I think it might have been Colorado or somewhere where it snows and then he, because he said, you ever seen the sunrise over the sunrise or the sunset over the Rocky Mountains? Yeah. He's like, it's like you're all of a sudden in California and then it's like a little piece of heaven. But yeah, they end up dancing and pretty much just being like, I love you. I love you. And then, Well, he somehow like spent all his money too because he told her, he's like, I don't have any money. I don't know how we're going to make a living. And she's like, my family's rich. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, well, that's perfect. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're pretty much both just like head over heels in love with each other, which like we could pretty much see from the very beginning in the movie when they're looking at each other with like stars in their fucking eyes. Yeah, they, they just dance in the snow and Sam Elliott narrates the end. I'm not Sam Elliott. Wasn't? No, it was, I didn't catch the name, but it was a different name where it oh, said narrated by. I could have swore it was Sam Elliott. No. But either way, his voice coming, gravelly voice coming in at the end, doing a good old narration. Said they went on a bunch of adventures. Yeah, and they were married for like 49 years or 47 years when like they just were like, oh yeah, like we're like soulmates. We're meant to be together forever. Said Ike Clanton got killed two years later in a robbery. Yeah, and uh, should have died way earlier in the movie than that. Uh, also, White Herb's uh, wife, Maddie, who apparently never got a, I don't know if divorce was a thing back then, or if you're just kind of like, all right, like you go that way, and I'll go this way, and continue living my life. You continue living your life over there, but we're still technically married. She died from an overdose, like, almost immediately after leaving Tombstone. I don't think marriage was as legally binding as it is today. Oh, yeah, because at one point... Because you could just disappear and there's you don't have like a bank account where they can be like, oh, we're going to fuck with your money. Like, yeah. Well, it's like even when they first show the actress coming into town in Tombstone and Val Kilmer's like, what are we going to do with her? To Wyatt Herb. Wyatt Herb's like, nah, man, he's like, I'm not like that anymore. He's, I'm, he's like, I'm married. And Val Kilmer's like, yeah, sure. And he does. He like turns her back, his back to her. And Val Kilmer's like, "Well, I stand corrected. I guess you are a different man." And like the actress is talking to like her husband, I think. When they're like, "Yeah, he says he's married." <laughs> they both laugh. Like, like yeah, marriage means nothing. But yeah, like that's pretty much the end of this movie. They uh they wrap it up pretty nicely there, and then we just get like the the Wyatts and Doc Holliday walking around the streets of Tombstone to end the movie with the credits, and uh, then it goes to black. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get onto the rating system of uh Tombstone? Not that I can think of. All right, well uh we're gonna rate the movie Tombstone on a one to fifty. Randy Quaid's grading scale where one is the worst, 50 is the best, and 2 to 49 is literally anything in between. IMDB rates Tombstone 39 out of 50 Randy Quaid's. Would you like to start? I give it a 50. This is my pick. I don't remember the last time I've seen this. I used to own it. I think I had it on DVD, but I couldn't find it. Saw this movie probably when I was like, what, it came out when I was nine, so probably around then. And I watched it a shit ton of times, and it still holds up. I would say it definitely holds up. Like, the shit Val Kilmer says, I don't know if that was really shit people said back then, and it sounds kind of dumb, too, but it's also fucking badass. 
Like, I'm your Huckleberry, you're no Daisy. All the biblical shit that he says. Fucking cool movie. Would you uh, recommend that other people see this movie? Absolutely. And uh, you will, I assume, watch it again. Oh, yeah. And I guess that comes to me. Uh, Chuck Banner will rate this movie a solid 45 out of 50 Randy Quaid's. Really, the only thing that I'm docking it for is it was a little too long. At 130 minutes, uh, it's a little over two hours. I think they could have shaved 30 minutes by cutting a lot of the uh, romance scenes because, like, they didn't need as much as they had. I do think that the actress lady did play a pretty pivotal, pivotal role in this movie more than I was expecting. But it was like his wife was non-existent. She would just show up, get mad at him, and leave. And so that's pretty much my big reasoning for docking this and not giving it a full 50 out of 50 Randy Quaid's. This movie was really good. It was, for the most part, pretty action-packed once the action started rolling. Like, the first half of this movie is just kind of, like, setting up the feud. And then once the blood feud fucking gets splattered, it's just, like, no stopping it until the very end of this movie. And they started it well, too, with, like, a nice little fucking action scene to start the movie to really cement how bad our villains are and who we need to root against in this movie. Even though, like, it is pretty common for people to root against the police. Uh, in this movie, you are gung-ho 100% with the 5-0. Then there's that other movie called Wyatt Earp. I think it's, fuck, I just thought Christian Slater and... Kevin Costner. And I think there's the Young Guns, too. I don't know if that's a Wyatt Earp movie. I don't know. But I think that has... Uh, ah, fuck. He's from Mighty Ducks. Gordon Bombay. Emilio Estevez. Emilio. I think Emilio is in that. But I remember while, I was, we, were, while we were watching this that uh, Young, Guns, Young Guns popped into my head. And I was like, hmm, maybe we'll do it. Young Guns episode. There's another cool Western I like. The Unforgiven with the... Fuck, why can't I think of his name? Big Western guy back in the day. Clint Eastwood. That's yeah, yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Clint, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman and The Unforgiven. That's a cool movie, too. Clint Eastwood's such a fucking cold-hearted fucking killer in that movie. <laughs> well, maybe we'll uh, hit up some more Westerns along the way. But I think that brings us to uh, the point where you can catch all of our new episodes on Apple Podcasts, 50com and, of course, Spotify. Next time on 50 Randy Quaid's episode 152, Stolen. We are coming back at you with the hashtag Cage Talk Classic when we return to the Nicolas Cage catalog for the movie Stolen. Until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace out.